High School Slumber Party AP is a Cage Club Podcast Network production. For all things Cage Club and High School Slumber Party, head over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome slumbers who take their studies a little bit more seriously. That didn't sound well. That didn't sound very AP, but I don't care. I'm Brian Rodriguez. I'm Aislinn Addington, and this is High School Slumber Party AP, a study session in contemporary teen films. And your assignment today was to watch 2020's Work It. But before we chat all about it, we have some other homework to discuss as always. That's right. It's important to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to us right now, whether that's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or others that I have not heard of. Cageclub.me, the old flagship too. You could get us there if you prefer to do that. And remember that class participation is a huge part of your grade. Follow High School Slumber Party on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Before we get into Work It... Did you have any feedback on American Pie, Girls Rules? I wouldn't be surprised if you had none. It's a, it's not a movie that a lot of people have seen, to be honest with you. So did anyone say anything to you? Absolutely, my brother. Well, Tony yes. did. I'm curious um, about that. <laughs> number one, he said he enjoys the AP episodes and, of course, High School Slumber Party in general. And so he wanted to give you a shout out for that. And then he had forgotten that he had told the pie story himself. (laughs) So now it exists in multiple recordings for Cage Club um, Podcast Network, (laughs) which I I think is pretty pretty funny. Someone is going to be archiving his life at some point and that will come up and and I will be delighted by that. Has he ever told that story on the contenders? I don't know if it's contenders. Not on contenders, no. Jason? You know, it, it has not come up, if you will. <laughs> not like surprised by that, but like, I don't know. I was I just thought I'd ask if it somehow came to be. Didn't didn't make the cut, but again, there have been other venues for it. So um, you know, every Every um, flower has a pot. Every something has a something. So Not a lot of feedback on my end about American Pie Girls Rules. I'm not surprised about that. So I, I recently had my superlatives for our, the end of our junior year. Yes. I kind of do it like I try to find at least one nominee per movie that I do. Like uh, of all the High School Slumber Party movies. And I decided to nominate uh, Stephanie Stifler. For, for Party Animal. And I was like, why not? She's Love a stifler. It. So she got a nomination there, but not a lot of feedback there. I would say we went from a movie that, again, should have been Oscar nominated, a movie that moves everyone and never rarely, sometimes always, to American Pie Girls rules. And I, I don't know. Kind of a jarring transition. but Yeah, I it. It, was a, it was a big swing. and I, But I think it's... It, 
hopefully, I guess, to me, these are like you're describing near the end of our spectrum mm -hmm. in terms of earnest, you know, um, tragic <laughs> portrait to pure farce. But all again, all kind of 2020, and I think there are there are folks for whom each would resonate, and there's an audience for both. And so I love that, even though those are so different, we're able to talk about them in the same sentence. And I think it's kind of um, sort of our goalposts, really. <laughs> in some ways, there's so much that could go in between that. And so if folks liked one or the other, well, then maybe you know there's more in the middle where we can all find each other. Of course, and regardless, if you even if you don't like the movie, that was a fun episode. That was a super fun episode. Not just talking, but even like editing it and listening back. I, I think we needed that after the movie we did. So absolutely, yes, yeah. For nothing, <laughs> nothing, or for, if nothing else, a palate cleanser for us. <laughs> so Islin, every week I assign you a homework assignment to watch a movie that we've already covered on High School Slumber Party, just to bring yourself up to speed. And maybe, you know, in a couple of months, you'll have a, I don't say better rubric, but just like more of a <laughs> understanding of what the last couple of years have been like in teen films. Because again, I don't blame you for not being able to catch up on all of them. It's very, very hard, especially maybe, maybe teenagers do, but. <laughs> yeah, no, you have, you've shown some dedication to this, to your craft in, um, <laughs> That no, I love having a kind of you know in my mental DVD shelf because everything is streaming now. I like that I can kind of place a few more um, titles up there as we go along. And last episode, you recommended or assigned or invited me to watch Critical Thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, what were your thoughts on Critical Thinking? So we were talking a little bit nostalgia um, before we started recording, and and I got hit hard with nostalgia um, in that a middle school friend of mine, John Linguizamo, was her celebrity crush. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> um, and so this was like mid-90s Linguizamo. This is yeah. a wild Linguizamo. Yeah. Um, not, I don't think, a typical middle school heartthrob. No, Maybe not I'm at all. wrong there. But, um, <laughs> and it was, keep in mind too, right, we're talking like late 90s so like oh you have internet in your house now and like what what is on the internet and it wasn't like you could go to youtube and say john Leguizamo and get all these different performances these different things and so it was like you know slow loading promotional jpegs from a comedy <laughs> tour or something that was my i kind of had that wave to begin with and then that was really something that helped me like appreciate it is that okay so this is a person i've I've been aware of their career for most of my life in one way or another. And I really enjoy watching folks like, find their voice or have the opportunity to do different things. So to go from, this is a comedian my friend has a crush on, or my perception <laughs> of the time when I was a comedian, to like, he's directing this film. I, that I kind of loved. Like, okay, that's, that's great. I, um, you know, representation in general is so important. And I know that that's something... At least I've heard a couple times John Linguizamo talking about. And so I I want to be supportive kind of for that. Also, love me a band of misfits. Right. Very true. So Very true. that resonated in terms of that kind of movie, right? Inspirational teacher, 
right sides, wrong sides of the tracks, uh, administration is adversarial. Like that's a, there are um, components of that that we, I think we know well as a narrative. And so I think some of that was as familiar as I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. But then also it kind of went some places that I was not expecting. You know what I mean? Like there was more, um, there were more stakes than I expected, I guess. Yeah, that's a really good point. And um, sometimes, look, I'll do these movies and I'll just watch them and have a podcast and react. And maybe they don't marinate as well as... I mean, I, I liked the movie at the time, but you bring up some really good points that overall the biggest takeaway I have from critical thinking is the first part you said with like John Leguizamo. The fact that like he's a big proponent of you know Latin American representation... We have a similar background in terms of, uh, you know, my family's from Queens. I'm Latin American as well. And he's someone who I kind of grew up with as someone where it's like, oh, that's one of the only Latin people I see on TV or or in a movie. So I'm more proud of the fact that he got to direct something. And I think he did a really good job. And it, it was a very cool story, a true story. Again, I, I was happy for him and happy for... Like, I saw his play, Latin History for Morons, on Broadway. And oh, wow. Just to see the, like, light in his eyes, if you will, like, talking about this stuff was Absolutely. just amazing. And he, he was so cool. Afterwards, he's like, hey, if you buy a book, I'll, I'll sign it and talk to you. And I waited in that line. And he signed the book, and we had, like, you know, just a brief conversation, maybe 30 seconds. But it was still really, really cool. And he was a super nice, honest, genuine guy. So it's a little bit like inside baseball. But when, like, you know that and you know the passion behind a project, it changes the way you look at something a little. Again, I don't want to make it sound like it was a bad movie at all. Because I I enjoyed Critical Thinking. I thought it was a cool movie. But just to have that behind it, it was almost like a... A curve in the grade for me you know i'm like oh this is awesome so absolutely <laughs> no I, I i love that i'm so glad you got to have that experience and that it um was what you wanted it to be right i have stage door experiences that go both ways right ones that are great and ones that are like oh i should yeah. have stepped behind the curtain there friend so I'm. they so say glad. don't meet your heroes so exactly some, sometimes <laughs> yes sometimes no you know you don't know <laughs> and so yeah it's a roll of the dice but um I think the other part for me where because he is kind of such a character and the the early work that I was more familiar with often was the more um, kind of one man show or, you know, him stand up or him in an interview where he is the character. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to kind of break down the John Languizamo of it all in this. You know what I mean? But I, I don't know how much of that is him and how much of that is me, right? Because that I'm coming to it with that, with that lens. And there's something about kind of artist journey-ish that like, and I'm putting, you know, my own spin on things and you can tell me if it's all bullshit, but like in part because there was so little representation, like the, the beginning of it had to be him and about him and his story and his background and, and this so that he could kind of get, become a part of popular culture and then become other characters. Yeah, and that's a really, really good point because, like, he's someone who, I don't want to say paid his dues, that sounds like, you know, but, but, but like, 
he did what he had to do. He was these characters. I'm not saying yeah. he didn't enjoy him because, like, he's I been th- a sassy sidekick and a lot of stuff for sure. And the dream that we think of when we like just fantasize about us about either us being famous or somebody know being famous is like, hey, if I had that power, I would like to use it for some kind of good, right? Like, yeah. and when you see him. Not only with his play, like I said, Latin history for morons, but do this. It's like, okay, that's pretty awesome that he's he's able to take, like, you know, try to elevate his community in this kind of way. So, yeah, like, that's my biggest takeaway from it, I guess. So uh, I'm glad you uh, have, I guess, a similar takeaway. Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, is it it my favorite movie of 2020? No, but I'm I'm glad I saw it. I think I agree with everything you, you said. Also... I love then, okay, a film about young people starring young people of color and folks from marginalized um, or traditionally marginalized communities. I think that's really great and important too. And there is more of it, but not enough. And so it's so important for folks to be able to, to resonate with the stories being told. And so the more stories that, that look different, that are told from different perspectives, that bring in other points of view, I just think the better. So it's not my favorite. I'm glad it exists. And I'm glad it was my homework. So thank you for that opportunity. Now I can listen to the podcast. I try not to listen to the ones that you're going to assign because, um, you know, that would be a whole other take on it. So, And that podcast, we had my good friend and chess teacher of young people and chess champion, John Harden. I think we enjoyed it, but I think we enjoyed it for different reasons at the time. Sure. But he was nice enough to do a Twitch stream with us to teach us the chess moves that are in the film and what was, you know, what was legit and what wasn't. So definitely check that episode out. And if you could find that Twitch stream, maybe I'll repost it because I, I think it was awesome. And yeah, again, it, it wasn't my favorite movie of 2020 either, but I think it was an important movie. So happy that it exists. So every week... You know, on High School Slumber Party OG, I'll read the back of the VHS, back of the DVD, things like that. But on AP here, we're mostly streaming. I think we're going to be exclusively streaming. I'd be shocked if we weren't somehow, I don't know, some art house film that we randomly want to cover or something. I don't know. But uh, since we are streaming, Island, you always do the honors for us to read wherever we're streaming. Of course, we're on Netflix today. So, uh, Island. Happy to. A brilliant but clumsy high school student vows to get into her dream university by transforming herself and a squad of misfits into dance champions. Netflix always short and sweet, but you know that pretty much sums it up. So can't complain with this. Accurate, one. and it it sets us up to already be like in my wheelhouse because it's high school and it's a band of misfits. I was gonna say as soon as I started watching. I was like, Band of Misfits. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there for it. And this particular band, I'm excited to talk about this movie. Great. So had you heard about this movie at all before, you know, I, I made the list? I had not. And I think part of it is because I would, uh, over the pandemic season of 15 months, I've watched more short form stuff. I've watched more series than mm. I have movies i don't know what that particular block is but i'm working on it and so while my algorithm brings me high school things it doesn't bring me as many high school movies interesting and i haven't yet watched the all the boys i've loved before trilogy so i think i think the algorithm is just behind with me um so this was a great way to jump into the future i believe 
I had seen small clips of it through a um, YouTube show starring two of my favorite drag queens who watch and comment on Netflix material. So it's called oh, Queens Who Like to Watch. I don't know if you're familiar. I'm not familiar with it, but it sounds pretty cool. So With um, Trixie Mattel and Katya. And so they oh, watch. I know, I know Katya. I don't know why. But... Because she's amazing. <laughs> Probably friends sharing sharing clips and stuff. But yeah. All time, all time fave of mine, Katya. But they, they will watch some piece of Netflix property and then they do sort of spoil things. So they let you know that, but they, you know, have their fun commentary. They have such a great rapport um, and it's like a 15 minute show. So I had, I had seen, pardon me, the boner scene, <laughs> but I didn't remember this is what it was from till it happened. Oh, like it was okay. suddenly like, oh, I've seen that boner before. <laughs> Where have I seen it? And what was funny about that, and then I'll, and then I'll ask you how you found it, was that 30 seconds before that, I was like, you know... I bet my niece and nephew would enjoy this because it's dance and, and it's um, knowing that it's Disney stars, right? Like Jordan Fisher is known as a Disney, Disney star, Sabrina yeah. Carpenter, Disney stars. They love to watch dancing and it seemed benign in that way. And then there are like three moments or so that are raunchy in a way that I don't think fits the rest of it. I agree. And and obviously the um, dancer dancing without a dance belt with a noticeable erection is one of those things that I don't think my brother and sister-in-law would be <laughs> jazzed that I recommended. So we'll save that for a few more years. But, um, but yeah, so long story short, yes and no. Delighted to watch it. How about you? It was part of your giant yes. catalog. Yeah. Yes. The famous Brian Rodriguez watches 30-something movies in a couple of days because I procrastinated once again. And, uh, you know, my whole 2020 review that really inspired High School Slumber Party AP, I had tangentially heard of it because my algorithm does push the high school movies to me. I'm sure. I just had seen, you know, maybe a half a second clip on Netflix when I was just scrolling through something else. So, yeah, I wasn't familiar with it. This is my second watch or, or talking off my second watch today. And I just do want to quickly get into your point about theoretically that scene and some of the other moments because just in case we forget it absolutely you're so right even this time i was like it was not jarring that i was offended again we just talked about american pie girls rules which had tons of scenes like this but it was that offended me for different reasons because it wasn't good but (laughs) it was just like did you have to go here guys just out of character hypothesizing here but i kind of felt like Maybe someone at Netflix or some big executive was like, oh, this is great, but it's too innocent. Could you throw a couple little things in here to yeah, make like it Yeah, like we want to for- make it a little edgy. Yeah, which is, I don't know. <laughs> and that would be doable, too. I just think, I, I'm not, again, I'm not mad at it. And so I, I think that's a completely legitimate hypothesis. I think it could have gone that way. I think it could have gone the other way, where maybe there were a few more things, mm. and then they tamed it down but like whoa whoa this is going to be part of like the netflix teen catalog because i do think it fits well with what i have seen of like the netflix generated films what have you seen by the way i don't want to assign you something you've seen um or you just saying from osmosis of from osmosis i mean things like uh always be my maybe is not high school but 
to me is in that same sort of, I don't know, it just feels like we get some talented people who maybe already have Netflix contracts and get them to do things together. Oh, I yeah. I say that because Michelle Buteau, I think, was in both. Um, yeah. And I love her. Glad, glad she was there. And then because it's, you know, getting into college, I do wonder if maybe there was a version that was a little, a little bit wilder because they're on, they are on the edge of adulthood and they are all people very clearly out of high school playing high school students. Yeah. I think your theory actually holds a lot of weight because uh, from like some of the production notes I read and then you're right, like it's not really like Netflix to say, make this raunchier. Mm-mm. So I think, I think again, I think you're right with this. But I'm, I'm sensing that overall you enjoyed this film, though. Enjoyed. So Band of Misfits, I love. Jordan Fisher, I love. I became aware of him because my mother really enjoys watching Dancing with the Stars together. <laughs> and I enjoy watching it with her as well. I, I'm not inclined necessarily to watch a lot of it by myself, but it's fun when it's an event you know, together for us. And so I was introduced to him through that and, and then looked into his music as well as, um, you know, he, wow. he took over on Broadway in Hamilton and then yeah. took over on Broadway in Dear Evan Hansen. So I've watched clips of him performing. He's just a dynamic performer. So I was excited to see him strut his stuff, if you will. He's, he's really, really great. I so mean, talented. Um, he's someone who in the two all the boys series i don't want to say ruin the series because i I don't think that at all but his presence and i'm not going to spoil it but his presence in the second film Mm -hmm. and i don't mean the character i mean jordan fisher's presence in the second film completely changed the trajectory of how people felt about like one of the other main characters like it's if in twilight like jacob jacob was never really like an edward foil like you know like he was in theory but no like he created actual competition in the movie that i don't think people because he's just so charismatic exactly like so again not to spoil it too much but there are still people who say that like the main character and him were a better couple is my gotcha you know and and I would I would hear that yeah I would not hire him to be the one that got away or the one that gets away for sure. <laughs> it's insane. So his his yeah. presence he's great he's great. No I love him. And then so misfits in general, but there is a moment early on that <laughs> when Quinn our heroine our main character who is you know for a little bit ridiculous reasons is trying to join the dance team and she's practiced a little bit and and I think. She, Sabrina Carpenter, as an actress, did a great job pretending she didn't know how to dance. And, and yeah, while she I agree. cannot, while she cannot dance like Jordan Fisher, I don't think she clearly has more more than she's showing at the beginning. And it's hard. I have heard it's hard for a good dancer to act like a bad dancer. Hmm, interesting. But so she's on stage auditioning, surrounded by people who like do it better than she does, and she's trying her hardest to do this choreography and it just looks ridiculous. I had that experience in real life and it just <laughs> brought me right back. I was not even visiting, but I was I had a short-term professor gig at a university. And so I was in a town I didn't normally live in. I had like a six-week gym pass. And I like a little dance aerobics. I like a little Zumba in my life. You know, I'm I'm a very old lady in a lot of ways. And I walk into this class 
called Mixed Fit with like two or three X's. Oh. <laughs> and it was. It's aggressive. <laughs> and it was. And it was so much fun. But it was a lot of isolation of various parts of one's body that I was not familiar <laughs> with doing. And it goes really quickly. Like, you know, it's that thing of where the whole class turns around and you're standing there suddenly facing <gasps> them. And I was doing my best because like Sabrina's character, Quinn, I have rhythm, but I am not a dancer. So it was that thing of, you know, just enough to know how bad you are. <laughs> And also where like the instructor made deliberate eye contact with me a couple of times when she was saying, keep it up. It's okay. Oh keep it up. Get anxiety thinking about that. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, again, I was in a town I don't normally live in. I knew no one in the room. So like the stakes of embarrassing myself were non-existent. And I was there to have fun and <laughs> move around. But, but that scene brought me right back to that YMCA. It, it made me appreciate her performance even more again because she she worked hard to be clumsy in the first half. Yeah, uh, and we'll get a little bit into more into her later when we talk the cast. But she's someone who I am becoming a little bit more familiar with, and I'm really enjoying everything. Well, I'm really enjoying her performance and everything I, I see her in. Production-wise, though, I don't want to skip this. I'm sure, you know, some contenders' bells would be ringing when you looked at the production notes, Islin. In fact, that woman director, uh, original script from a woman as well, and producers, too. So, let's Absolutely. see. Laura Teruso is the director. And she actually reworked the script from Allison Peck. Now, I wasn't too familiar with either of them to be quite honest with you but from reading that note maybe Allison Peck's script was the one that was a little bit more raunchy and then when Netflix sure. gave the green light uh, the director kind of did their you know whatever it is that directors need to do for Netflix and then the producers though we got a famous name in the, in the producing group don't we right yeah <laughs> Alyssa Koplovitz Dutton Leslie Morgenstein or Stein and the, the famous name is Alicia Keys involved here. So Absolutely. Which I did not know while watching it until the credits. And then it made a little bit of sense uh, because uh, Jordan Fisher has been an opening act for Alicia Keys. Oh, wow. I did not expect you today to be full of Jordan Fisher facts. And I'm so excited that you are. I didn't realize how many I had. <laughs> <laughs> Until I got to this conversation, no one has ever asked me for my Jordan Fisher facts before. So I'm feeling a little bit like a creepy old lady, but I do wish him and his new bride the best. <laughs> oh, he, he just recently got married. New fact he did, that in I didn't Disney know. World. Oh, just rattling them off. Is there is there a copy of Teen Beat magazine behind <laughs> you with Jordan Fisher on the front? Always. There's always a copy of Teen Beat beside me and, and the little pull out four foldy posters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. I mean, I was always a fan, and now, you know, I feel well-educated. That's what AP is all about, so <laughs> that's awesome. And then, uh, so Work It came out in August, August 7th to be specific, and it did really well the first week, and then, you know, fell off a little bit. Netflix did not order a sequel, which is surprising for Netflix. I think they were a little actually disappointed with the release, but so many things were going on. And you hit on a really good point that I didn't think about um, in terms of why a lot of these films didn't get seen in as, as by as many people as intended, we'll say. 
during the heart of pandemic, when we were all quarantining, there was more of a pull towards the binge-worthy series rather than the films, right? Like, that's at least what it felt like. Like, on Twitter or wherever, people were talking more about shows they were watching than mm-hmm. movies that Netflix were releasing. So I think you're I think you're on to something there. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm certainly not alone with wanting comfort food for entertainment. Also, wanting the, you know, the other piece of that is just wanting more content. And so I'm, you know, I'm happy that um, streaming was at, where it is when we're all or so many folks are are sort of stuck in this uh, way. Oh, and then I think, um, again, just based on my anecdotal experience, then there were a lot of table reads and things um, for for charity, etc. And a lot of those were also TV related, in terms of what I saw and tuned into. And so yeah, I think it's um, I would be interested, again, Netflix is pretty cagey about their data, right? They're happy to take it from us and not necessarily happy yes. to share it back yes. um, in terms of what what people are watching. I mean, I absolutely, I've gone through New Girl a couple of times, uh, for instance, over pandemic, Cougar Town. <laughs> for any slumberers, honestly, who have um, overlooked that show because of the title, <laughs> Everyone, including the producers and directors, know it's a terrible title. And that becomes part of the joke in the program. But it's top-notch comedy, people. I'll take your word for it. I'm a Cougar Town apologist. (laughs) I'll take your word for it. I gotta watch Cougar Town. And in terms of just like Netflix's caginess, as you put it so, you know, perfectly... I don't even understand like the business model per se. I obviously I know they need subscribers and stuff, but they keep churning out teen films. I don't Netflix don't let, take my advice or listen to me right now, but I'm not even sure why. I've never met someone who is like, "Oh, let me who I didn't have Netflix before, but let me sign on up for Netflix so I could watch this teen film," right? Sure. Like is it to keep people maybe? I, I don't know, but And to keep families? True. I don't know. It's a good, I mean, you know, thinking about just the the amount of money kids' movies make, right? Because somebody has to drive them there, right? So you're going to sell true. multiple tickets for beyond the intended audience. I Yeah, I wonder. I think that's a great... I would love to talk to someone at Netflix or another streaming service about how audience demographics impact what they're ordering. Certainly, we know, like, Kissing Booth, All the Boys have done so well right yeah i mean those were like the real cornerstone movies a couple years ago that spawned these series and then now we get a a ton of teen films on netflix and as we discussed i think on our first episode of ap on the other streaming services as well like amazon and hulu are all trying to get on this game and again i'm not complaining (laughs) it's giving us content but I just find it fascinating. And, like, what is the determination to them? Be like, okay, this one's going to get the sequel. This one isn't. We'll never know, probably. We'll never know. I, I wonder, too, if some of these things are things that would be much harder to get funded for theatrical release. But the the, the stakes are sort of different. And so my, my hope is there's opportunity for more actors, directors, writers, folks to get something produced and, and creative and seen in a more streamlined way than like traditional to theater. I don't know if the process is different either though. So now I'm just 
speculating wildly. Who knows? And especially with, you know, the pandemic, who knows what it's going to be. But, you know, we're here to analyze it and try to figure it out. And maybe one day we will figure it out. Maybe, and regardless, but... it's there. We watched it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely did as well. You know, a little bit about the cast, too. We already mentioned Sabrina Carpenter as our lead here. So I first noticed her on Disney for Girl Meets World. I was a Boy Meets World fan, and I just checked out, like, the first couple episodes of that because I was just curious, you know? And she, even at the time, she really, I didn't really know her name, but she really stood out there as, like, one of the people, like, kind of jumping off the screen of being really good at what she was doing here. And I only, like, reconnected with her, if you will, in the last couple years, maybe even the last couple months, because, and you'll see from doing this show, she's in a lot of teen films now. She's in a lot, even in the background of some, but I think she's in two or three other ones on our initial list, even, so... Uh, the we'll face was her. very familiar. Yeah, she's very distinct eyebrows. That's what I always yes. remember. Do you have a favorite, since you've you've seen more of the catalog, do you have a favorite Sabrina Carpenter performance? Um, I think this this would be it because in the other ones she's not necessarily the lead this one she's the lead and she's allowed to just do her thing so I didn't want to tease you Sabrina Carpenter fans Uh, she plays background characters or like she's a a best friend in one of them she's like a the rival girl in school in another one like Mm -hmm. this is this is her movie so uh, just to answer your question, it's definitely this one. And then, you know, uh, you also brought up Jordan Fisher. I don't know how many more Jordan Fisher facts you have, so maybe we'll move on to others, but he's great. Okay. <laughs> I think it's Kashi. Liza Kashi plays Jazz, Jasmine. Yes. Were you familiar with her at all? No, and in fact, I was just um, pulling up the IMDb to to sort of see what what I had been missing, but yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not familiar with her, but I'm certainly excited to see her in other things. I found her so charming. She's charming. She has a great screen presence, and apparently, she's mostly known as like doing YouTube stuff. And I don't discount that. I don't say that in like a negative way. Some people do, oh, TikTok, YouTube, things like that. But I've often, I guess, imagined on you know my lonely walks or something. But I, I, I often think about like you're gonna have so many young people who have such a screen presence before they even hit i say an actual screen but i sound like a condescending person but because those are actual screens like an industry screen yes a traditional industry screen so i think she just has this is my again hypothesis that she has such great screen presence because she's been doing youtube and vine things since she was a child so she can just walk on a set and be like, I'm not saying she's going to win an Oscar walking on a set, but she can walk on a set and not be intimidated and just kind of be a, a version of herself, which I think is super cool. I think we're going to see that in more and more films. I know even from the show and doing research for AP that a lot of the films that we'll cover will star just a, a TikTok star or a YouTube star. And it's not a weird thing anymore. That's like, you know, that's a draw for kids and teens now. So... Initially, traditionally doing the show, when I clicked on her IMDb, I expected to see so much more, and I didn't, but it makes sense in 2021, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and to be fair, you know, a project ongoing is a is a show with her name in the title. So oh. Liza on Demand uh, that exists now, but started in 2018, um, that maybe was something that went from like viral to legitimate oh okay but 
but yeah, I think she's uh, new and yet also seasoned. Yeah, it's like that weird combo that again I think works so well. I really liked her in in this movie too. I thought she had a great dynamic with uh, Sabrina Carpenter. Absolutely, and then I think just cast wise, the other maybe name, and I don't know how much of overlap with your other podcast offerings this will have, but Kenyon Lonsdale. Were you familiar with him? Because I wasn't. Again, I think he did a great job. When I looked at the IMDb, I'm like, oh, okay, he was in Love, Simon. I've seen that. The Divergent series, apparently he was in, but apparently he's more famous as, like, for his music and stuff? What I knew of was just that he was Kid Flash. Oh. I had, I had students who were into the, gotcha. the CW um, I see that now, pantheon. Yeah. I don't know. And again, he's, you know, regardless of the character and maybe even regardless of some of the aspects of the performance, he's an amazing dancer. Oh, yeah. And so I always like seeing people who are sort of multi-talented be able to show likely something different than in what they're known for. Um, and so that, again, speaking without full knowledge, but... Flash is not known for dancing. No. I was glad that he had ample opportunity to strut his stuff. Even if the character didn't always work for me. But again, we can get there. <laughs> and then uh, the other person I just was going to mention was uh, Michelle Buteau, which, like you said, she, uh, a couple of Netflix things she's been into I've always enjoyed. And I enjoy her here. She's fun. So, uh, uh, Great. So let's talk about the movie. Favorite scenes, yeah. favorite moments, things you really enjoyed. Did you like this opening where we kind of set up basically who the character of Quinn is trying to get into Duke University? We learn her father has passed away, which is questioned later. I don't know. Did you like the setup here? Yeah, I think so. I think, I, you know, it's a short movie and it it's kind of quickly gets you right into what they're doing. And in fact, I think that's where sometimes things worked better or not as well for me was how quickly things changed like oh here she is okay now we know this now we know that and then we're on and then we're off and then we're on and then we're off i could tell from well one just from the cover you know poster art but from the opening that she was going to have a, a transformation that was identity and, and emotional but also would have a physical element like they really cover her up which also mm. is not bad and I sort of liked that while in different aspects we did lose some layers here or there she really did kind of stay true to her style the whole time which doesn't always happen and I don't know I felt like it was authentic in how they set her up for her arc it was the Duke stuff that didn't work as well for me of oh you're great in all these ways but but we don't care about that. We need something that pops. And I was like, are you speaking for Duke right now? Or are you, is this what you look for as an admissions counselor? What are the processes? We've just had, you know, um, uncovering of like hijinks behind the scenes of college admissions. So my brain went like, is this the right way to do this? Like that this bold admissions counselor says you're not good enough, but if you are on the dance team, we would let you in. I don't know that I didn't, I didn't love that aspect, but I didn't let that bother me so much that I couldn't enjoy the ride. Well, isn't that like fixed though by when we find out that like Miss Ramirez or Ms. Ramirez? Yeah, Veronica Ramirez. Yeah. When we learn that she's fired from her job for essentially doing that kind of stuff. That's a good point. I was with you. Like, so my first watch, I was like, 
this doesn't check out. Yeah. And then when she's fired, I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess she somehow got this job at Duke University. She started saying this to people. Some parent complained because... Gotcha. And then they just... I forgot the exact quote. She said something along the lines of like, it, like there wasn't enough... They didn't like her fire or something. And then yeah, she got, just yeah. things that... So part of it is having worked a little bit in, in mm-hmm. higher ed. Colleges are trying to do, and I hope other institutions as well, but are trying to do a lot better with like hiring processes and, you know, uh, calling people in rather than like shutting them out and making sure we're being equitable, equitable about what we're looking at and what we're considering. And so I sort of had that weird filter on and was like, wow, this is wildly inappropriate because, you know, to say to, and I know we're talking about admissions and not like a hiring a colleague, but like to say, oh, I just don't know if you'd be a good fit here. Like mm. that's not an appropriate thing to say, right? If someone has the credentials and can do the job, right? To not hire them because of fit is often a placeholder for something more nefarious. For sure, for sure. But you're right. She got fired. And I guess in my mind, because this is my first watch, I sort of, by that point, by the time we see her again and it's NYU, right? I felt like that was a better fit for her as an admissions counselor and maybe a better fit for who Quinn is becoming. And, and kind of permission to be her own person and not follow the legacy because it was laid out. For sure, for sure. And yeah, I mean... I think in the end, you know, it ends up being a better fit. There's like a line here or there. Like when she's hired by NYU, Quinn says like, "Why? how does she keep getting jobs? Because she yeah. knew she was fired for the silly. But I guess it's, I'm not as bothered by it because I just, the performance of the character is just fun and wacky to me. Right. But I am with you. If, if this was like a true thing, if we stayed with that, like this uh, person has all the power to get... You know, uh, Quinn's character into Duke, and this is what her qualifications are. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And that is grounds for, like, someone being like, who knows what else happened behind the scenes for her to get fired or whatever. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I just think, uh, like I said, they they fixed it by, getting, by uh, yeah. firing her. And also, like, yeah, I mean, you're right. At that point, we're, in, we're kind of in a different movie where I, I yeah. forgot about the college stuff at some points. Totally. Yeah, it becomes, and I think it's successful in becoming, you know, something else or settling into Quinn's story more. The other thing, and then I'll be done with my weird, very critical things. I liked how at the qualifying, the boner performance, if you will, (laughs) they all understood, like they got in with a technicality because that group was disqualified. So it did irritate me that they won the whole competition (laughs) because they didn't like they did a great job and they did amazing and it was really fun to watch but like number one i don't think so fan favorite maybe best new entry most creative whatever you want but like i don't think they won a dance battle if you're gonna like track what usually happens in these movies I guess they get points for, like, bucking a trope a little bit. But usually in these movies when there's a qualifying stage and they get in by some kind of technicality, which, again, happens a lot, 
what? That's what happens. They don't win in the end. Right. But they like, show improvement and it doesn't fired matter. Up. Like fired up. Like fired up. My favorite yeah. high school slumber party <laughs> episodes. They do this wild and crazy thing and they kind of half pull it off, but not really. And one character says to another, well, did we win? Like, no, we were disqualified. We came in 12th or something, but it's so much better because last year we came in 20th. So I think that would have been better just for me as a viewer while still giving the individual folks their business cards from various admissions folks. Because they didn't need to win. There were no, I, mean, I can't believe we're jumping here, but there was no stakes for them winning. It wasn't, uh, I don't know, it wasn't like, oh, if you win, you're expelled or something like that. Like, I was shocked even on this watch when they won, to be honest with you. I was like, whoa, oh, I don't remember them winning. Uh, it was it was strange. Because even also another thing films will do is that they'll just lower the stakes, right? Like the team doesn't have to win the World Series. They just have to make the playoffs from being last place. And they go on a, a run or thinking of uh, another dance movie, Silver Linings Playbook. It's like they made a bet that they have to get this score right. for whatever. It wasn't they have to win the entire competition. So, yeah, you're right. And that, that trips me every time I've seen this movie, which, again, is only twice. But where I was like, whoa. Whoa, this is this is new. This is interesting because yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that being said, I was also not impressed with the Thunderbirds' performance. Interesting, interesting. Being lowered from the ceiling is not dancing. <laughs> so I took that as I'm with you, but I assume here that in Work It, the literal competition called Work It, that the this is like the best of the best here. Neither of them should have won, right? Like, <laughs> good point. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy to think about. So, And I took that competition, and, and let's get into the Thunderbirds a little bit, but I took yeah. that competition as just the complete apex of the hubris of Juilliard's personality, where he's so angry that he didn't get into Juilliard, in my mind, that he was just kind of making it completely about him and even forgetting the essence of what dance is. So, yeah, I agree mm. with you. Like... It, it wasn't the greatest dance, but I thought that was somewhat related to just his arrogance and making the show about him. Because probably what would have won is more of a group dance aspect. Yeah, actually, right? everyone dancing. That's a, no, that's a great point. We know we've been told throughout the film, we've been shown that he's a tyrant of the group and sees himself as better than and above the group, but also the leader of the group. And also, I've seen dance situations where you have a whole group of one gender expression and then you have one person of a different gender expression often one dude and a whole lot of young women and so there is some of that like highlighting the the mm. person who's who doesn't match everybody else but it just seemed like what a i was just counting the seconds of him being lowered down because like <laughs> these are all dance seconds that you're not keeping track of um you're not making the most of it i also for someone who was so like the aesthetic of being a Thunderbird was so important. And through the whole thing, they have their pale pink tracksuits and his hair matches the pale pink tracksuits. Well, then they get to work it and they have iridescent tracksuits. And then all the women are in magenta costumes. So I think Juilliard's hair should have either been darker at the final to match the costumes of all the women on the team or been white to match his outfit and i think that is a detail that he as a character would have done right now i feel like i am watching 
Dancing with the Stars or any kind of judging competition show, and I'm just like listening to, oh, you know what? That's a really good point from the judge. I love to be judging. I wasn't thinking about that, but that's a really good point. Yeah. If you're designing a look, which is what they've told us, but yeah, so so this kid who wants people to call him Juilliard, we don't. Oh, Isaiah, we learn is his first name. Yes. Later, what did you think of that? His character and or his performance. I, I didn't mind it. Uh, he definitely feels like dancer first. Like that was very clear to me. Um, he's definitely, you know, he's mean. Just go to jazz, right? We see a little dance competition early on between the two of them. A little battle. A, a battle, a cool dance battle. And she loses to him or whatever. But she's clearly, at the worst, the second best dancer on the entire team. And he knows it. Yeah. In terms of the character, I liked it more even with their interplay rather than anything else. But, you know, I, you've kind of alluded that you weren't the biggest fan of the performance here. I mean, certainly I think it works for the movie to have this arrogant sort of... And we've seen that before, right? To me, it brings back a little bring it on. I think Jordan Fisher would have been great in that role. Oh, interesting. Because if you're going to be that much of an asshole, I think you need to be equally as charming or you're not going to get away with it for very long. So I was asking why are why are the other 12 women in this mm. dance crew putting up with this BS? And we don't know, right? And that's not what the movie's about. But I just didn't, in the same, like, I'm going to become the admissions counselor Ramirez here. I didn't, I didn't, feel the fire from him like <laughs> he was super cocky and very talented but you know why i don't know so i i i think it could have used um a charisma boost but it worked for it worked enough i would say i don't want jordan fisher to be the bad guy though that's, <laughs> the, that's the only point i'll disagree with that but you know you you make an excellent point there like he's certainly so much more caricature than character yeah I don't really care what happens then. I was, I was something actually I was surprised about at the end too that they gave us like a redeeming little thing of like, hey, you, you got into dance school too. And was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm different now. Yeah. Yeah. And they were kind of like, huh? And so, yeah, it just, and again, are they trying, were they thinking of setting up a sequel? Maybe. Who knows? I just, it felt like, oh, we have 12 more seconds to wrap everything up. So let's wrap it. There is a lot of that in this film. Um, a lot of things go fast. But I know Netflix does not like to... Sequels, yes, which we'll learn. But uh, for these movies, they are like they like to keep that hour and a half kind of mm -hmm. thing. I'm sure they were kind of urging that aspect of it. And so many, we'll, we'll use your term, dance seconds are used for dance sequences almost here. So in terms of solving plot things, they're almost were like... Da -da 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 -da, like just, uh, sorry, I'm snapping my finger here they're just trying to go fast with a lot of stuff and then on that same kind of token at points it didn't even really matter to me to be honest with you like i was just having fun we're talking about it because it's a podcast and we're over analyzing but i don't know if that's necessarily what this film <laughs> intended to do i think they were really heavily focused on getting people in to these dance moments so i did want to ask you as as a more qualified dance expert than I am, did you enjoy the dance moments in the movie? Somewhere, I think on Wikipedia, it said it was like a jukebox musical. That's what I was going to bring up to you. It's definitely not. It's definitely it's not. It's not a musical. And 
it's it is a review of contemporary dance hits like i recognize some of the songs to me jukebox musical is like this artist or this genre of or this era in music or whatever like it has a theme and the theme was just like contemporary pop so yeah i don't i was misled when i read that it was a musical (laughs) but yeah i i was pleased with the amount of dancing because that's right if you got you've got this short period of time and you have to tell a story and you know, especially if you have these really talented people, we want to see them do what they do. And so I, I thought it had like, a, I was really pleased with the amount. Um, Cause we had a little bit dance battle. We had two short kind of montages of Quinn working on stuff, classic adult within a children's class. I mean, it really ticked all the boxes of a dance or or, I mean, it could, it could be dance, it could be singing, it could be other uh, artistic endeavors, but like of a, of a dance musical, musical in quotes. Yeah. So if, if dancical was a word, we would use dance-ical. that. <laughs> I like when you see some other dance teams that are not part of the two, you know, that we're rooting for. And I'm thinking of here... This is something we see a lot too in like Pitch Perfect, where you see different musical groups, not the ones from your like home story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's always fun because there's a ton of amazing dancers out there. And so I'm glad that, you know, another 40 of them have that minute on Netflix where they can say, oh, there I am, right? I'm in the other dance crew in qualifiers, or I'm the one with the boner or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I thought it was a great amount of dancing. What did you think? Well, I wish we just got a little bit more, and you mentioned it, of other teams and of other competitions. It was very one-on-one. And I I enjoyed the dancing, and I thought that was cool. But I'm a sucker for just seeing the other, bring it on, seeing the other cheer teams in in their uniforms. And, and, you know, you mentioned Pitch Perfect, just seeing the different kind of singing groups there. I guess that's not what this was about, but I don't know. Competition movies? Mm -hmm. I want to see different teams. Yeah, agreed. (laughs) Any other, uh, sorry, let me go through my notes. I mean, we could talk the romance a little bit. Yeah, let's. Or the friendship, either way. Let's talk about the relationships in this film then. Uh, Let's let's start with friendship though, right? So what did you think about that? What did you think about uh, Quinn and Jazz? We see this a lot in teen films. um, Two people who don't seem like they would be friends, but end up being friends in high school not end up or like just are established friends in high school and some people have like kind of talked bad about that why would these people be friends and i i'm like the first to always like correct them that i feel like this exists so much in real life you even shared that you you've had friends like that uh, or a friend like that in high school as well absolutely yeah i'm just always a big fan of it and i don't see why people don't think that that exists like you grow up with people people change exactly and and it doesn't mean they're you know I think very fortunately for me, I still have a couple of folks like that, that, you know, I've known forever, but yeah, certainly in high school, absolutely. You make new friends and like, here's my new friends from the dance team or here's my new friends from AP calculus, but there are also those people you grew up with. And so, yeah, I think when these two met, you know, one was not the smartest kid in the class and one was not the best dancer in the class, right? They were just two kiddos. Mm-hmm. I loved their friendship. I loved how they were there for each other and seemed to truly listen. And that you can also go through rough patches or you can make the wrong choice, but there's 
an opportunity for forgiveness there, that it's not one fight and it's over. I'm interested to continue on this High School Slumber Party AP journey to um, see more illustrations of, of friendship in these adolescent times, because it is so important then and you know at that time in your life to have that support. But also I think the likelihood of you having your high school boyfriend forever versus the likelihood of having your mm. high school best friend forever. You know, I'm gonna bet on best friends probably. No disrespect to anyone who married the high school sweetheart. I know a few and they're fantastic. And I know some that are divorced. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I, yeah, again, don't mean to disrespect it, but just thinking of the chances of, of longevity and growing together, et cetera. And um, I love it when a relationship is highlighted, a friendship relationship is highlighted. Yeah, and I love how we didn't, you know, we didn't need to have that montage of them meeting or anything like that. Yeah. It just, they felt like friends. And when they decide, I say they, but it was really Quinn who decides to kind of form that own team, her own team and just jazz. Jazz is a hundred percent the leader of that team. And she does it originally for friendship. She has other motivations. So of course she's not being treated great by the Thunderbirds and Juilliard. Um, and who, if you haven't seen the movie, just to clarify, Juilliard has renamed himself Juilliard, which we're not against, but just for the specific reason that he, he really wants to get into Juilliard. Yeah. Right. Like, and so his singular, singularly focused. So if you were wondering about that out there, that's why he's called Juilliard. But when they form this other team, it's completely based on their friendship, which I love seeing. Um, I do want to take a quick little segue through uh, from it, though. Did you like the team that they ended up assembling? You love the Band of Misfits, so I understand that. But specifically, how did you feel about the whole process of acquiring these overlooked talents? This is where I think the length of the movie makes it difficult in that I don't feel like I know any of them very well. They were introduced to us fairly early on, but are rarely like truly differentiated after they're already in. You know what I mean? They're introduced like we're um they're sort of voiceover as as they find them, right? There's one kid who's an amazing soccer player and is doing goal dances or dances in the goal. <laughs> Um, and so they take him. There's a really talented guy who makes mixtapes and sells them who dances, but not in a dance team choreographed way. Um, so they're, you know, kind of picking. I love the idea of finding like raw dancer talent in folks that were expressing themselves in a different realm. Like I thought that was pretty creative um, because of course there are other people who can dance in school and yet they didn't really get a lot of opportunity to add anything kind of individually. I feel exactly the same way. It's actually a, a nominee for an award later. I wish, I wish we got a little bit more. I don't know how I'm not, you know, I don't know, but I wish we got a little bit more. For me, the what exemplifies that the most is that like, I don't even know his name, but there's a karate guy and mm -hmm. they basically recruit him because he's really good at flipping. And at the final dance competition, he does a flip, but when he I watched it, I was more like, oh, I forgot that he's the flipping guy. You know, I wasn't like, it, it wasn't like building to this moment and like, oh, you know, which you usually see. So I love the acquiring of the team, 
but I'm with you. It, it just made me want to get a little bit more from them. The one uh, young woman, and oh God, I wish I... That's the problem. Like, I couldn't even remember their names. The one who's kind of like a... We'll call her negative, a little goth looking. You know? Yeah. She gets like the th- uh, the third most lines probably of all the rest of the team. But we still don't know much about her either. Except that, mm-hmm. you know, when she just delivers these punchlines. So, yeah. I- I'm with you on that. Do you think there were, like, dancers, maybe, that they just kind of shoehorned in? Yes, I think they likely are. I I haven't done any research on that, but I bet you would find a um, So You Think You Can Dance competitor in there somewhere. Mm, yeah, probably. I also thought that with the two, there's a sort of two highlighted Thunderbird young women dancers that are yeah. often flanking Juilliard. And I was like, oh, I bet they're from something, like a like a TV program about dancing. Yeah. For sure. I looked them up and I, I didn't see anything movie wise, but I should have looked for that. So, yeah, that, that's a really good call. So, back to the friendship a little bit with Jazz and Quinn. We do get our tropey falling out moment when, you know, th- things don't work out well. Jazz and. It's hard. <laughs> this is a hard situation. Jazz ends up leaving the team, and. Well, Quinn leaves the team, and then Jazz leaves the team. It's the whole thing. But Jazz briefly rejoins the Thunderbirds. And when I say briefly, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> because the scene we learn that she rejoins is also the scene where she kind of quits almost. Like, it's. it's... <laughs> this is yeah, another it, thing that was rushed. It was that section of the movie with the back and forth. And then the mom getting involved. And okay, the other, so here's my other point that really irritated me. If this is their senior year, then I disagree. The spring transcript does not matter. Unless you like fail out completely. You're admitted based on something else. Also, if you've been like, if it's cumulative, you're not going to go from a 4.0 to a 1.0 in one term. So that was where I was I was arguing with the mom of like, calm down, let her be a well-rounded human. It's okay. Yeah, definitely like aggressive mom vibes in the sense that like, you know, it's Quinn's father passed away. Um, so I know there was like a tragedy in the family, but it definitely, I guess, negatively motivated the mother to be way too much into like, the, you got to do the Duke thing, you got to do the Duke thing. And to be fair, Quinn is... You know, that's her singular focus as well. For she was on board, yeah, for most of it. Yeah, it it wasn't like a complete force thing, but we see this in these movies. I always have to giggle and kind of just forget about it because you're so right. And a lot of films we get this senior year pressure ending. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life when when in the United States. Junior year, yeah, in the United States, that is not how things go at all. That is junior year, and then. Senior year is something completely different. But in these movies, it's always like, oh, my God, a race to the finish almost. Like, what's going to happen? And, yeah, (laughs) it's always fun to see. I'm so glad you pointed it out because it's something that I have completely just forgotten about. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is not something that happens in the real world. So (laughs) good good call there. So in terms of uh, just their... Friendship, I guess. Uh, wow, it sounds like we really hated this movie, but no, it's great. It was great, right? But in terms of their friendship, I know it was challenged, but there was never a second that I didn't think she was coming back to the team and rejoining, and and that everything would be hunky dory with them. Because again, maybe how brief it was. I know yeah. they were upset, but 
Like, I was shocked when she rejoined the Thunderbirds because I forgot that she was even upset like that. But she leaves right away that I couldn't really react. Um, otherwise, I really, really, really enjoyed their friendship. I thought it was one of the coolest things about the movie. Yeah, absolutely. I think the way that they rely on each other, the way they need each other, and the way that they like truly love what the other one brings to the table is is really awesome. And they are very different, you know, as people. And that doesn't mean you can't be friends anymore just because you're focused on different things. So that yeah i liked all of that and it there wasn't that like oh god there's a guy involved let's get into right. you know i thought there was gonna the first time i watched it i thought there was gonna be some kind of like jealous element or anything like that oh, okay and, and there wasn't which i i enjoyed but let's talk about that guy let's talk about jake taylor and the romance here jake taylor <laughs> has there ever been a more like stereotypical like handsome stranger name <laughs> Did you get his age here? He's not in high school, but... Uh, he was the high school champion two years ago, so I think he's meant to be, like, 20. Okay, okay, so it's not... He's not being... And his creep. age is 27, if you want yes, another so, well, quote. Well, <laughs> or I, I, I knew he was closer to 30 than he was 19. <laughs> you got it right on the head, so that's great. But at certain times I was concerned, like, is he, like, a dance teacher who's been here for, like, a while? He didn't seem right. like that, but... I had my reservations, but you're right. You're like, yeah, he's maybe 20 or something. Yeah, I have no idea why he performed on stage with them. (laughs) I mean, I understand Quinn was late and all that, but just like that, (laughs) again, yes, we can poke holes, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I would put this on like while I was cleaning the house or something. Like I would, I will watch this again at some point. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you, you just bring up him dancing at the end and joining them. So the whole thing with him is that he's a former champion. He's now injured himself. So yes, he can still dance, but not at the top level that he... is not the best, so it's not going to be his career. Yes, yes. So originally he's not going to train the teens because for whatever reason, whatever. <laughs> Which I think they do poke, poke fun at when um, they're putting the team together. And he shows up and he's like... Yeah, I'm not going to train you, but if you win this competition, you will. And like someone's, oh, I think Jazz says it's Jazz. Like, you drove all the way here to say that you're not going to coach us. Which I was like, okay, if they acknowledge it, then it's a little bit better. Um, and then uh, eventually, he ends up choreographing for the team. And then, like you said, uh, when Quinn is late to the final dance performance, he ends up dancing. I love though that he's not doing like okay. So theoretically, let's say he's dancing because Quinn's late. It doesn't seem like he's taking her role in the dance. No. You know? <laughs> and he hops off stage to get like, yeah, let's. <laughs> were, were I to be making this movie, I would change a lot about how the work at competition actually goes down. Because also the whole thing about her not having a license is not important. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Right. We see it like it's cute to see her practicing with her mom. Although in that scene where she was driving I don't know the angle or however it was shot. She was very clearly not a high school student to me. (laughs) Like the way she was driving seemed like no, but so it makes it like exciting, but also people, I mean, it's a thing of mine, people in movies driving something that they don't know how to drive makes me really uncomfortable because of all the damage they'll do along the way. And so um, I would redo that whole piece (laughs) of getting to and performing at work at and I like that we had, we could, we see Quinn watching the video of Jake Taylor pre-injury. Mm. 
so that he could, you know, that's when we see like what he's really capable of and the dance he does, you know, with her on the date or with the kids or in work it is, is good, but is not like the best dancer in the world dancing because he's injured. And so I think they were kind of clever in how they showed his true talent and then like adapted it for what the character is capable of in the, in the present of the film. Question. Another Jordan Fisher fact I'm going to ask from you. (laughs) How did he do in Dancing with the Stars? Oh, he won. He won. Oh, good for him. 100%. Yeah. I was going to say, he's very talented. Here's the thing. And this is another podcast, which perhaps I will start one day, but there's a sort of tradition of, Disney and or there've been a couple of Glee performers. There've been like teen stars on the cusp of adulthood being on that show. And I don't think it's fair Mm. because they have absolutely danced and been trained to dance. Now, has he, was he trained to dance in ballroom? No. So that's different, but also like he understands the sport and the craft in a way that, you know, I don't know, it disgraced, news anchor doesn't know or <laughs> trying to think of other people on dancing with the stars or like billy d williams is on dancing with the stars i know he was like out he was. First round or was yeah like, or um like how does he compete know. with jordan fisher <laughs> yeah so i mean it was i'll tell you this it was fun to watch if you're interested any any of our listeners like a fun google spiral is to google people that you like performing on dancing with the stars because it is fun <laughs> and there's a lot of production value and you know it is the popcorn of television. <laughs> well, I was just curious because he is really good in the video. Oh, yeah, 100%. To. He took home the trophy, the mirror ball. Oh, nice, nice. Good. I'm learning so much that AP, this is what, <laughs> this is what, what we're here, here. for. <laughs> I love Jordan Fisher, so it's hard for me to criticize anything. I enjoyed their chemistry. I think he was a cool movie boyfriend or whatever he didn't have he didn't seem to have an evil side but didn't also seem fake he didn't seem like a ken doll or anything like that he was he was a real person we get some really cool dances with them you know i i enjoyed that so much yeah i think absolutely again for a very like tightly timed movie i felt there was an appropriate amount you know they they have an attraction to each other they sort of fluster each other they go on this date in which he kind of unlocks you know, the rhythm in her heart or body or whatever <laughs> you want to say, then there's, you know, a brief falling out. And then there's sort of reconciliation and um, acknowledgement of each other's sort of talents. So yeah, I've got no complaints. It was kind of, when I say superficial, it's a 90 minute movie where a lot happens. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's not about the relationship and I'm glad it's not, but I think they um, developed it enough to... Like, I don't know, to like own it in the movie? I don't know if I'm saying things that make sense. That makes sense. And look, you need, you need a Swayze, right? You need just like a hot dancing movie you boy. You need a Swayze. <laughs> He's the Swayze. That's, <laughs> that's a simple, it's as simple Swayze. as that. And you bring up something interesting, like the friend relationship and the romance relationship kind of have to do the same thing. So maybe, I don't know, because they, they, like you said, both have a falling out. Both kind of reconcile and realize each other's talents. I don't know if there's something there, but maybe an hour and a half is not enough time to develop both those things and show us the other cool dancers. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they were um, a little bit like stuffing things in. Or on the other hand, it's a packed hour and a half and then you're done. So I'm not complaining about it. I think it... um, 
I, I uh, believed their attraction and their chemistry. Yeah, that's, that's um, and also kind of both of their hesitance. So everybody's super talented. Are you, are you Jake Taylor? Depends on who's asking. Right. Um, I, I'm Quinn Ackerman, and uh, I'm starting a dance team at, at Woodbright High. I'm not so interested. We would like you to be our choreographer for the following reasons. One, according to my research of every dance movie ever made, we have a very important ingredient for winning, a can-do spirit. <laughs> that's uh, not how dance works. Well, that's why we would need you. No, I'm good. Okay, number two. Um, this is your chance to overcome your demons due to your knee injury. Don't come back here. Okay, fine, we'll just win the work at dance competition without you then. And you won't go insane, you know, being slowly eaten up by all that unrealized potential Wait, or whatever. Wait, hold up. Can do spirit. Mm-hmm. What about skill? We're extremely skilled. <laughs> I can spot a fake anywhere. Well, then you must know that I'm the real deal. You dance? Mm-hmm. How long? Since I was 10. Influences? Paul Taylor, Ashley Everett, Travis Wall. Look at you, the way you carry yourself, your posture, you're 100% not a dancer. I still have time to learn. Why would you want to enter a dance competition when you don't know how to dance? Fair question. So I may have lied to the Duke College admissions officer, which means now I have to put my money where my mouth is. Give up. Go to community college. I, I can't help you. I don't give up. So I have some points in my outline that I don't want to forget. Uh, okay. The first, I guess the qualifiers, they have to have matching uniforms. They clearly don't have to have matching uniforms for Work It, right? Another thing that, <laughs> yes, a detail that I would have done differently. Uh, but they perform in scrubs at the first competition. That made me laugh. I love it. She's like, they're free from the home. like, And it, <laughs> and it, it helped that right at that time, Quinn has not really discovered the dancer in herself. She's realized she's competent enough to learn. But she's like, they've not really had that soul moment yet, right? And so in her mind, a uniform is everyone dressed the same. So she accomplished <laughs> that. Like, I mean, I get that with the like super nerd, get it right, what have you. I loved that they were in their final performance in the movie, they were still themselves. And that was important to, to contrast with the Thunderbirds that are all one unit but I do wish there had been more cohesion. So everyone in their own style, but in like the red, red and black or red and green, like her sweater was, you know, I feel like they could have done more to bring that. So everyone expresses it in a particular way, but the overall theme is the same is how I would have approached that personally. Again, just, you're clearly meant to be a judge on <laughs> on a some kind of competition show. I'm excited because, to find this new life path for myself. Because then I'm like, you know what? That's right. Everybody's saying like, that's a good call. Uh, <laughs> so something I wanted to, uh, with the scrubs that just jogged my memory here. And this is if we if we have to take AP, you know, shots for something because it's going. It, it, it's a trope we'll see a lot. Is how do we show a good person in high school? They volunteered a nursing home. Oh, will, God, yes. 
we will see this a lot. We've seen it a lot. We see it here. And that's another thing that I not again, I'm not saying it's not wasn't necessary, but there's this like friendly older woman character who Ruthie. Ruthie, but <laughs> we don't get a lot from her either. And not to spoil again the uh, something in the To All the Boys series, but Jordan Fisher's character in that volunteers at a nursing home with the main character. So I'm like, whoa. This okay. Is... And there's also like a friendly older lady in that, played by the great Holland Taylor there. Ooh, I love so her. So I was like more... Oh, I wish this was Holland Taylor playing gotcha. that same character here. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. Again, another thing they sort of packed into the movie. Other again, I'm not complaining. That's a, that's definitely some interesting overlap and some interesting patterns. I look forward to seeing. You know, when you say it, it makes complete sense. Um, but I I clearly haven't seen it as much as you have. I did love her with the books mm. because I love the sounds of a library. Like the opening, closing of yeah. books, and like when books stack, like that <laughs> sound and the smells of books, that resonated with me as well. But yeah, I look forward to seeing some of these oh, things we'll that are familiar to you. <laughs> okay, so ready discussed erection dance belt thing. I didn't know what a dance belt was till I heard it and oh, looked it fun. up. <laughs> it's just like a cup, but for dancers. Yeah, interesting. Oh, oh, and from friends who danced in high school. I know that it was, at least in my area, not uncommon for gentlemen to, like, get a larger dance cup than maybe they needed (laughs) and stuff it. Not even kidding. There were rumors of who stuffed their dance cup. Wow. My hometown. A little little controversy there. Wow. (laughs) I feel like it's more of a cod piece then. Well, I guess it doesn't go over the dance. That's true. Well... (laughs) Interesting. Good to know. know. (laughs) Welcome to Crotch Talk. (laughs) The the next spinoff podcast (laughs) from High School Slumber Party AP. Very different than an AP atmosphere, but uh, (laughs) good. Uh, Okay, the other thing I was going to ask, somewhat crotch talky related, is a mattress store dude. (laughs) What what were your thoughts on him? I I found that very uh, interesting, I guess. Hi there. I am uh, looking for a new mattress. Okay, great. Well, you came to the right place. Oh, I did, didn't I? <laughs> you must be Mr. Wright. <laughs> so, what are you thinking about in terms of firmness? So many things. Um, Jesus. Would you mind? I want to test the spoonworthiness of this um, mattress. My friend here will move out of the way. Why don't you just so you want me to down just... just a tip? Yeah, okay, sure. Well, all right. This is this how is this great. works. Okay. This is, this is uh... The firmness is... The firmness of the bed is good, yeah. Firmness of the bed. The I can't the say bed. I've done this before. This is a full experience. Yeah, you know, the first scene with him I thought was funny because I thought, oh, like, Jazz is bringing her best friend here. And and we've, we've seen that before, right? Where, like, you know, two young people are going because one of them has a crush on someone who works there. Like, we've seen that over and over again. I don't think I've seen it at a mattress store. So I thought the... <laughs> The first time it was clever when then like the sort of sequence when he's shirtless and stuff, I didn't need. I mean, but I, but I was also um, impressed that like jazz was able to have that amount of sexuality in her role in this movie. Right. Cause that's, I think the, at least the kind of visuals of her and the mattress guy are a little bit more risque than Quinn and Jordan Fisher. For sure. 
was that one of your i don't want to say controversial moments but just... oh i think so yeah because also like that guy's not in high school and well, yeah that's what i was gonna say i'm like what and sort of like bed humping and yeah i was that was a little that was just a little extra for me even if a customer asks you to like Oh, can we try My spooning? God, yeah, don't, there's don't no do way. That's not appropriate. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, again, I, I'm not against the fantasy of it, but it was weird that it kind of became reality. Yeah, um, I agree. I think it should have been one scene in a fantasy because that was what Jazz was kind of like. Of, I, I believe that she would take her friend to that store to flirt awkwardly with that guy. That Then she was later going back and then they had changed clothes. Like, I was just like, are they having sex in the mattress store? And like, that's not okay. Because people <laughs> use, like, test those mattresses. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> I did like, though, the uh, um, the setting of the mattress store because it was different. Mm-hmm. And I like seeing different. I don't know. So yeah, totally. I, like, I, I wasn't completely against it. But it did get to this weird level. Like, this adult, this ripped adult is now... Yeah, it just wasn't necessary. (laughs) Indulging, yeah. Oh, another thing I wrote down is, so Quinn gets suspended at some point right before the big dance competition, and she's suspended for accidentally knocking down a statue. Am I I correct with that? Did you? And I was like, that's not suspension worthy. Yeah, again, it's that kind of sort of middle and then the like rolling into the third act stuff that didn't, all work for me and that i just think that's not the strongest part of the movie i think the first the first half and the end work well and some of that stuff in the middle is just a little bit like wait what and who's where and why <laughs> but it was fun <laughs> again yeah pure fun this movie really so we've talked a lot about the ending you gave your expert expert uh dance judgment on the ending in the end einstein was right Dancers are the athletes of God. And as it turns out, I'm one of them. Because it's actually not that hard to find a four count or the beat of your own heart. All you have to do is listen to it. That's all I've got figured out. The rest is TBD. So is there anything else you really want to discuss when it comes to how this film wraps up? No, I think, again, I would say to folks that already have Netflix, like, you already own this movie in that way. And if you want a fun high school dance movie this is a great option for sure i mean we did nitpick a lot but we did i think all it was just but it's not what i was feeling when i was watching it was just notes i took and things i thought but overall i've seen this movie twice and i've had a blast watching it twice so we have talked about many things already and i think we've alluded to a couple of our awards even before we get there so i'm excited now it is time for Awards and questions. Yes. Um, so starting with, who is this movie made for? Is this for adults, teens, tweens, everyone? What are your thoughts? Um, I, I would have said everyone without those couple scenes that you were saying uh, that you mentioned before. I would, st- I would still say teens to adults, right? Like, totally. I, I know that's like a big grouping, but yeah. People at home watching Netflix... I would say the people, yeah, teens to like, teens to everyone, not just kids, yeah. I guess. <laughs> How totally, about you? I guess. And for kids too, you know, there's there's not nudity. I don't think there's very much cursing. If yeah, I don't you, think so. If you would need to explain what an erection is, <laughs> then maybe it's not for that kid. But also like, 
probably 13 year olds know what it is. So maybe <laughs> you're like, I, I don't know at what point that becomes a joke everyone can laugh at or not. I think for me that it was visible, made it a little more like, uh, <laughs> not severe, but I don't know. I, it'd be one thing if they were talking about it, but like that you, you know what I'm trying to say? Like it was yes, like yeah. direction that they cut to multiple times that I'm like, Oh, would I want, my nine-year-old to see that maybe not but like a 15-year-old probably it would just be funny yeah and and to be clear uh, for those of you who didn't see the movie it's not a naked erection oh no no it's not a penis it's just a clear <laughs> like an obvious erection in dance pants yeah yeah so you know maybe i'll lower yeah 15 just sounds right maybe maybe 13 all around <laughs> <laughs> um was this based on any uh ya fiction no i don't think so uh, it just seemed like an organic script that was later just altered so yeah that doesn't check our box there no but speaking of drinking games is there a dead parent yep there is <laughs> dead father off screen obviously we don't see him die but a really uh important aspect of the whole duke thing and motivating factor so something we see a lot and we get it here for sure Absolutely. It's yeah. I was surprised when I saw that on the list the first time we did this, but now <laughs> that I'm in it more, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a that's a thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Brian, who do you think won the movie? Who's most likely to succeed from Work It? I mean, I I have to say, I guess Quinn, it's the easy answer, but it's not even because of Jordan Fisher, really. Sure, she got the guy, but it's something we talk about a lot here, even today. The high school guy's not Probably not going to always be the guy, but I was more happy that she got into a school that seemed to more fit her personality. So I I gave her the win. Um, I would agree, but I think I would also give it to Jazz Mm. because she did take quite a leap to not go with the established dance team when there would be recruiters. I think it ended up being good for her because the rest of the dance team didn't get to do much in that performance. So I don't know if she would have been nearly as highlighted but i loved that she was able to follow her dream as well that's a good call how about the wooderson award what character would you like to see more of in this i think we said it but and overall i just nominate the other dancers in the dance group because we got kind of cool introductions and i just wanted i wanted payoffs for their character their characters aside for just winning you know the competition yeah 100 percent. i agree with you there and then on kind of the other side of that coin, the Long Duck Dong Award, any characters whose omission might have made the film better? This is a tough one. So I don't know if it's any by like offensive measures, right? Like original Long Duck Dong Award intention, as I call it. Right. But for me, I'm not sure who it is, but maybe one of the overall storylines cut so we can get a little bit more time on something else. But I don't know. I, I literally wrote, I don't know, on this yeah. for, my, for my things. Did you have a someone that maybe, or something? Or? Not really, other than that I don't know that they needed Harold to die. So they performed oh, for an yes. old, old man in the retirement community, and then he passes away, which of course happens, but like I, that, <laughs> like a few of the, of the little moments in this, I didn't think was necessary. It wasn't. Could have just fallen asleep. Like, why did they kill? Why did they kill Harold? So I don't think they needed that. They, I think they had enough gags. 
if you will, elsewhere. So ironically, because they killed Harold, you're killing Harold from the script. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what it is. <laughs> Extra credit assignment. Let's recommend a classic teen movie to a character in this movie. So for me, uh, I said the Swayze thing before. I'm going to recommend to but both Quinn and Jordan Fisher. Well, not Jordan Fisher himself, but I'm sure you've seen it. But Jake Taylor, they watch Dirty Dancing and they could be like, oh, we did that. Or maybe they haven't yet. I don't know. But I, I just, like I said, Jake Taylor is the Swayze here. So yeah. just see yourself in a movie. That would be fun. It would be fun for them to, you know, reenact the uh, classic <laughs> yeah. dance. That'd be great. <laughs> what about uh, you? What's your pick? I'm going to recommend that the mom watch Perks of Being a Wallflower Ah. because I love it so much. And because that I feel like shows young people really going through things and struggling and also the importance of those relationships and the camaraderie they have. And I don't know. I think the, I think the mom could, um, and she gets there in the end, right? She's excited to see Queen in the show by the time it's over. But I think she she needs some distance from her own story in order to let Quinn, like, be herself. And so something like Perks might get the mom to be able to see Quinn beyond, like, my daughter who should go to Duke. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. You know, the mom, she she's someone who needs to see, like, Perks being a wallflower or something, right? Like- yeah, Absolutely. To see that there are multiple paths, right? Absolutely. Okay. It is report card time. So looking at what other folks have said, uh, for context, Rotten Tomatoes um, gives this 85% um, fresh from the critics, 60% from the audience. It has a 2.7 out of 5 on Letterboxd. What high school letter grade from A plus to F would you give this film? So I did a little bit of uh, just reading reviews and stuff after I watched it just to see, you know, kind of, again, just to cheat with the grade a little bit. But um, I I found that interesting. 85% from critics, but 60% from audience on Rotten Tomatoes. And there were people who really loved this movie, and there were people who really did not like this movie um, in terms of, again, like the audience. But most critics loved it. I enjoyed the movie, and I'm going to give it a B plus because... Even though we poked a lot of holes in it, I still come away with it saying I would watch it again. And I think in the teen movie genre, it's definitely one that it's better than a lot of movies that I think are classics, to be honest with you. I think a a lot of these movies have these kind of holes. But at the end of the day, am I following along in the dance numbers? Absolutely. Am I enjoying what's happening? Absolutely. So B, B plus for me. And I am sorry to our audience. There's no controversy here. I absolutely agree. I was going to go solid B, like you're saying. It is it is better than a lot of things that are out there. And yet there are some really shiny examples of this kind of, whether we're going to call it sport or art, or, you know, there's a craft to be learned and there's a competition. And that's a story we've seen in different ways. And we, and we have seen it done Sometimes worse, sometimes better. So I think like solid B, I know that Quinn would not be happy with a solid B, at least Quinn from the <laughs> beginning of the movie. I hope Quinn from the end 
would understand that I, I mean be with a compliment. Yeah, you know, that's a good call, though. I think the Quinn at the end would be happy with it, especially like, you know, it was really fun. So she had fun. Yeah. We had fun. So that... Absolutely. Everybody had fun. <laughs> okay. If we were going to have a sleepover and watch this movie, what would your movie-themed sleeping bag look like or be like? So my work-it-themed sleeping bag... Ooh, I feel like I'm going to get judged because of your uh, excellent dance competition judging skills. So I, I do have to say this. Their team was called TBD, which is like a one-note joke, which I laughed at, but I really wish they came up with an identity at some point. You're going to have an, uh, an hour and 15 minutes of that same joke. If they had an identity, they were able. They would have been able to come up with better costuming and, and things like that. So uh, I'm going to be a little bit, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, rooting for the bad guys here. And I'm going to go with that, like, the that light pink Thunderbirds look, have the Thunderbirds logo, because at least they had an identity. And it wasn't necessarily great or anything like that, but at least there was one there. That's awesome. That's a really good point. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I did like um, Jazz's... Uh... Oh, yes. The suggestion of Jazz Quinn. Yeah, I did. I wish they actually went with that somehow. Yeah, I thought that was good. Yeah, absolutely. I think either they needed to stumble upon their their name, or assign words to TBD and make TBD mean something. Ooh, for them. yeah, that's a good idea. Um, gosh, movie themed sleeping bag. I mean, I sort of want one based on Quinn's wardrobe. So it would be like a pattern with a lot of like menswear pieces in extra small, <laughs> like, you know, a lot of like khakis and button up shirts, but just like a pattern. So instead of flowers or flamingos, it's just like, that's cool. Well, menswear. Cause I was delighted by how they like f- frumped her, but also like she looked cute and she looked like functional. I don't know. I think it works with the character so well. So I'm with you. That's an awesome. That's an awesome sleeping bag. I love that pattern. I'd like to like pattern on a shirt or something. That sounds great. (laughs) Little paper dolls. Um, Okay. So we have our sleeping bags. So at this slumber party, we are going to rent to get one free in our mythical blockbuster where you've picked up work it. What two other movies are you going to pick up to screen with it at our slumber party? So maybe these are two on the nose, maybe not. Well, the first one I think is, but I couldn't help feeling like this is what they were trying to go for. And my first one, of course, is Pitch Perfect. Not a high school movie, but a singing movie, a fun movie. And something that I think (laughs) the elevator pitch for this for Netflix, someone was like, oh, Pitch Perfect, but dancing. Yeah. And, And it's a really good movie. My second pick was a dance movie I saw for the first time in high school. And that is Center Stage. Are you familiar with that one? Center Stage is on my list. Oh, nice. Little synergy there. Juilliard connection. So Absolutely. I know, I know it's not Juilliard in the movie. Whatever. We, we could talk about it when we talk about Center Stage. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> great. So so you have Center Stage as well. Yes. I went, I went to um, thematically similar, but with different types of art. So I went Center Stage for ballet and Bring It On. For cheerleading because I, I do think there are echoes of both of those in this for sure yeah bring it on definitely uh, that probably could have been the elevator pitch as well like bring it yeah. on for dancing so mm-hmm. 
I think great picks overall there. So that's uh, that's what we got for Work It. A f- really, really fun movie, cool Netflix movie. I think one that really exemplifies more of the lighter side of what Netflix is doing with teen films. Actually, Netflix tends to be on the lighter side, so I can't really say that. But there are some a little bit more serious teen films, if, if you will. You know, A lot of them that are based on YA novels tend to be the ones that are more like Orphan Girl or... Right. Dead parents, but it's not... Dead parents. Yeah. Gender-based violence, all kinds of stuff. Yes, yes. This is not that. This is... And those movies are great, too. But this is just pure good fun. A great movie to have on in the background. So I'm so happy that you got to see Work It for the first time. I'm so happy we got to talk about it. I do need to catch you up with an assignment. Yes, please. Eyes on on. Because, like I said, High School Slumber Party AP, I'm having such a blast doing it, but... They've been making teen films for forever, and I've been trying to cover a lot of these teen films. One of the first modern teen films, and I believe the second Netflix teen film I ever covered on this podcast, and it's one that we mentioned a lot today. You just need to do it. You need to dive in headfirst. My assignment for High School Slumber Party AP for you, Iceland, is to watch the first to all the boys I loved before. It is necessary AP viewing to continue talking uh, these kind of Netflix films. Because as you see, I go back to it a lot. This genre, it's one of the cornerstones of the modern genre. So that is your assignment. Uh, You said you hadn't seen it, right? Yeah, no, I love it. I Especially after uh, American Pie Girls roles and then this, I was like, I really need to dig into some of that. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, I will absolutely watch To All the Boys, Volume 1. And then I might have to check out the second one because Jordan Fisher's... <laughs> well, here is my dilemma, right? Like, I wanted to recommend the second one because of Jordan Fisher. I didn't want to give you too much homework and recommend the entire trilogy, you That's know? True. Let's so pace you, ourselves. You have to start here. It might be consecutively. It might not be. Who knows? Depending on uh, whatever, but... As the spirit moves. <laughs> yes. You must... At, at some point, you will be assigned all, the, all these. Absolutely. Because, I love it. Uh, yeah, look forward to it. Can't wait for uh, the slumbers to hear what you think about that film. Because like I said, it really it really changed the game. And honestly, it's not a film. I, recently, we talked about the third in the trilogy there. But it, it's not a film that I've watched in a while. I'm very curious if so much has happened in the last three or four years in the real world and in the film world. I'm very curious if it still holds the weight that it did when I first saw it back then. So really, really excited for this one. Awesome. Can't wait. So, Aislinn, what is our homework for next time on High School Slumber Party AP? Well, folks, we have a treat for you. Once again, I would say, you know, you think we're going to zig, we're going to zag on you. And we are going to watch a documentary. We're going to watch Kid 90 which streams on Hulu. Um, that's uh, put out by um, Soleil Moonfry. And um, my understanding is it includes some footage, some interviews, and um, just a lot of nostalgia. And I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm looking forward to talking about it with you because we do have some, some nostalgia stuff in common, I think, so far, but we also don't know each other well. So I think this will be a fun trip down memory lane for us and hopefully our audience as well. 
I hope so too. I'm excited to talk about this one. Um, this one kind of like randomly dropped, and we haven't done a documentary yet. I haven't done a lot of documentaries on High School Slumber Party, but I've wanted to. Um, there ha- again, there hasn't been too many teen adjacent documentaries that we could even cover, but I feel like there's more now than ever. So this probably sure. won't be our only documentary. Really quickly, do you have any history with Soleil Moon Fry? Or well, I don't, probably not personally, but um, yeah, not not personally. And she was Punky Brewster. Yeah. And that is not a show that I don't think whatever channel it was, I don't think I had. Or it doesn't quite align with my age. I'm not sure. But I was aware of it. But I wasn't. That wasn't my touchstone. I would say my like young woman story would be Blossom. Like that's what I was, you know, leaving piano lessons. Like, mom, we got to get home and get in Blossom's <laughs> eye, you know. I think we're going to have a blast watching it and talking about it, too. And I think uh, it'll branch a lot of stuff we know and we're aware of pop culture. I think Punky Brewster's, like, maybe, like, one or two years before our time, in sense, yeah. if that makes sense. And it's I always talk about that on this show. It's, it's very weird because when you're young... One year or two years makes a huge difference. Like I agree, term- absolutely. Yeah, like your your um, scope is is defined. Yeah, very kind of specifically. I would say also birth order has something to do with it. So oh, yeah, me being the youngest, to- my brother Toen being the oldest, he's not aware of some things that were like cutting edge at his time, right? Because he had no one to show him. Mm-hmm but our combined overlap a little bit because he's sort of looking back a little and I'm looking a little bit ahead and we met in the middle. So yeah, I'm interested for, from your perspective, how that um, other kids around you impacted your focus. Well, this is going to be a really, really fun episode coming up. I can't (laughs) wait for it. So Aizen, why don't you let the slumberers know about your other projects where they can follow you and find you? Sure. Um, so I, I have a Twitter that I check occasionally, mostly just to like other people's things. I'm at Sassy Nerd MT. I'm also co-host of The Contenders, which has a Twitter at Contenders underscore pod, which is another um, podcast on the, on the grand Cage Club podcast network. And then I, I think I'm finally giving in and I'm getting an Instagram. Yes. I fought it for so long. And so now I'm just late to the party with no principles at all. But so by our next episode, I'll have an, uh, I'll have an Instagram for you, but it's in the works. Great. Looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, you could always follow us just high school slumber party everywhere. If you go to our Twitter, you'll see a lot of dialogue about twilight. Don't let that turn you off. (laughs) 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 But, uh, thanks again for listening. And, uh, can't wait for our next High School Slumber Party AP episode.
tunage from our star today from Work It, Sabrina Carpenter. That's her song off this soundtrack called Let Me Move You. I like it. It's the song that rolls into the credits. This is Brian Rodriguez, by the way, of course, of High School Slumber Party and High School Slumber Party AP. Just wanted to hop on the end here and remind you to vote, vote, vote for our junior year superlatives. Our senior year, oh my god, I can't believe how long I've been doing this. Our senior year will start after this summer. I don't know if you guys are ever going to pass. I don't know what we're doing this summer. I'll figure it out by Friday. Because Friday, yes, it'll be July, but the Godfather himself, Joey Lewandowski, will be here. And he'll be co-hosting our junior yearbook special. I can't wait. All the awards will be announced. But remember to go on our Twitter and our Facebook or just hit me up and I'll give you a ballot so that you can vote on the winners of all the films we did, basically from this June going back to last July. Thanks again so much for listening to this awesome episode of High School Slumber Party AP. Eisen will be back soon with another AP episode. Stay posted for that. And remember, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. Later, dudes.